It's Sammy Super T-shirt. Sammy Super T-shirt. Sammy Super T-shirt. It was Sammy's Super T-shirt. It was not Tommy's Magic T-shirt. Now, Laura, you weren't here last week. Um, I had last week's episode. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be assuming I don't know what's going on. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm not used to that. I, I don't work <laughs> with people, including myself, who listen to the podcasts thereof. Um, that's a treat for me. Okay, so you know you're you're up to date. But for the listeners who might not remember or, or weren't around, uh, you're very very welcome. Um, we were talking about old kids movies, TV shows, um, public information tapes that we only had a scrap of a memory of. And since I was 10 years fucking old, this movie from like 1970 something, 1978 maybe, um, I remembered it as Tommy's Magic T-shirt. I knew very little else about the film. We watched it one day in the school assembly hall on a rainy day. And this was in the 90s. So that just tells you how well the funding was that we were cranking out overhead projectors to play movies from 1978. But... All I remembered was that the T-shirt had a tiger on it, and I've not watched through the, the the link that I was given by many listeners. Thank you. But all I remember was it was a T-shirt with a tiger's face on it. Probably not even that. I, I do intend to watch Sammy's, Sammy's Super T-shirt. But that's been a bit of a, a life crisis for me, having spent most of my life remembering Tommy's magic t-shirt and wondering what, what the fuck it was and why there's no evidence I, of it online. I'm, I know I'm, I'm not glad. the only one. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm really glad that you had your, your, your getting to discover what this thing is. Because back yeah. when Podquisition first started, I had one of these on the show, which was my, oh, I remember some PC pirate game and I don't know what it is and I can't find it anywhere. And it took me a good year to find out it was Discovery Channel Multimedia Histories Pirates <laughs> Captain's Quest the history adventure game where you're the captain. It's that, the educational uh, ones that are tough to find. I find them the yeah. toughest. Because no it one remembers really... the educational shit. Yeah, no, I knew it came as a free game with a PC magazine that my parents collected week by week in like the late 90s early 2000s and that's all I really knew about it. And I went back and like replayed it recently. It's a lot of fun still. It held up well. Oh well, there you but go. Yeah, Discovery I'm, I'm Channel you... history adventures. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you found your magic. Yeah. What's it? Sammy's well, magic sweater. S- Sammy's super t-shirt. It's a t-shirt that gives this uh, skinny boy super strength or thereabouts, and he wants to be strong. He starts the film because I watched the beginning of it. He starts the film with one of those, uh, you know pec flex things um those dangerous bodybuilding things that your dad had that uh you know you'd play with and almost get your fucking eye out or at least that was my experience with them he had one of them anyway bow flexy things um trying to get strong but he can't not until he finds sammy's super t-shirt which (laughs) i'm not the only one who made the mistake because a youtube search if you type in enough you've got to type in most of the letters but autocomplete will eventually give you tommy's magic t-shirt which tells me that at least five percent of the world remembers it as tommy's magic t-shirt it might be one of those things like those bernstein bears or like the the mandela effect the mandela effect yeah a lot of us might remember it as tommy's magic t-shirt for some reason um but also uh before we uh continue with the rest of the show get the others out the way many people emailed me to tell me that the cartoon i was remembering was botmaster uh the name now rings a bell botmaster that was the 
cartoon about robots that had really really uh, obnoxious 3D effects for your 3D glasses that you had just knocking about at home like we all had. Uh, Splat, Safe Play at All Times, the educational children's video that I remembered, is hard to find, but one person, Ned, uh, looked it up and was able to dig in and find it was part of Kid Safe, a compilation of child safety films made by, uh, what was it, Liang Holmes, uh, now defunct, uh, but this was all part of a thing, and they found a very, like, the only evidence this exists is a gif of a splat effect with construction work stuff in it, and uh, just the, the tag, never play on a building site, it's not worth the risk, so uh, that's a good thing to, to dig up on the Wayback Machine, is just this what? one barely working website that makes reference to it, but there were VHS tapes, so they might be knocking around in a charity shop somewhere. What would we do if we didn't have a highly successful podcast with which to crowdfund the answers to these things? Like, yeah. I imagine there's a lot of the world for whom like these answers are not findable because we can't just go, hey, yeah. tens of thousands of people, find that thing my brain don't remember right. And the worst part is, is now that they've linked me, now that Ned did the legwork and found it, I think this is the second time this has happened in my life. I think this is the second time I've mentioned Splat on a podcast and someone did the work. So I've made someone work twice. I'm sorry about that, Ned and the person who did it the first time. Um, I don't even know if it was on this very podcast. Um, the obfuscate around, like, it's Vampire the Masquerade, um, which clearly this podcast takes place in that universe. It's part of the Masquerade-verse. Um, Ob 10, uh, on that, always forget it. You always forget it, and then someone has to look for it on the Wayback Machine. But anyway, Botsmaster, Sammy Super T-Shirt, and Splats, they play at all times. There's your, the Sa latest news on those. Sammy Super T-Shirt like sounds to me like a Steam Greenlight game. I could see that happening. Yeah. I could see, and maybe, now that Steam lets anything up. Maybe you <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure if someone wants to take the Unit Z asset from Unity if, and uh, just slap if, some Tiger T-Shirts on the zombies... <laughs> If YouTube and wrestling somehow don't work out, then, uh, you know, if, if wrestling grows algorithms, <laughs> yeah, there's a third option there. Well, you know what? WWE is, now that I've spent enough time with it to see how everything is repeated and all the characters say the same things and behave the same way, it's so corporate focus test mandated now. It is like... A triple like someone when I first started getting back into the wrestling um, after a hiatus was like, "Don't watch WWE now. It's the EA of wrestling promotions." And God, yes, it is. It so is. It's haunting. I would never want to go there. I mean, I never would. Even if I did, I'd be fired within a week. But mm, mm, stick it on the indies where the real wrestling is. WWE <laughs> is fake wrestling, and people would say for years wrestling is fake. And, you know, you could argue all other ways around that, you know, it's predetermined, it's choreographed and stuff like that. You know, I find fake to be just a denigrating thing to say when you could say that about any film that isn't a documentary which, and even which, half of them are fake. Which, um, which one of them, when he was asked that, was the one that basically went, does that feel fake to you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, triple X or Triple H or whatever. Triple H might have done it, yeah. yeah. If, if it was There's a, a triple... Video there's a video of, out there of a journalist um, saying, you know, wrestling's fake. Yeah. And he literally just claps him across the head if, and says, does that feel fake to you? It fucking hurts. <laughs> it's, it's someone who's been in, in the ring and been in a match and is scheduled for more. Like, it fucking hurts. Um, but anyway, WWE is fake. 
I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but it is so much artifice that, like, heavily scripted now, wrestlers can't really... Like, they all have to say the same things. Um, like, everything, like, you can't say title shot. Everyone has to say title opportunity, which just sounds ridiculous when everyone says it. Uh, that's fake. What's and it's the, not um... a, a smack on the talent. It's the, the, the environment, the atmosphere What's the of WWE's behind that? pulse. Because Vince McMahon is off his rocker. He, he, he thought shot one day sounded too violent, so they won't say that anymore. Um, what? Gotta keep yeah. him on brand. Oh, uh, they, the wrestlers all have to say, like before Survivor Series, it's the one time of year where Raw and SmackDown face off in head-to-head competition. And I know that phrase verbatim because so many disparate wrestlers said it. They all got a point at the WrestleMania sign. They've all got a look up at the Money in the Bank briefcase. They all act like the... Like, Cybermen, basically. They've all been converted. That's fake. That's the EA of, of wrestling right there. Um, but talking of EA, I suppose I should, before we talk about games, introduce people. <laughs> Hello, Laura. Nine, How nine are you? In, we may as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm better than I was last week, Jim. I'm, I'm doing Very all right this week. week. Uh, I, I slept for like three days straight last week. It was not fun. I felt like my bones were made of ice and it was like ice daggers in my bones. It wasn't fun. <laughs> and I got through that and was like, yay, I'm okay again. And then like I lost a chunk of tooth and that was a whole ordeal. It's not been a good week. Not been great. Well, I'm but, very, very sorry to hear that. It's all right. I'm alive again now. Everything's pretty great. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to take on the world again. That's always good. Um, yeah, I've been raring to go today because I came off the back of a two-day migraine, which always knocks you a fucking sick mm. up. Dizzy. Like, never been that dizzy off one, but better now. And Gavin, how on earth are you? I'm good. Good, good. Finishing up a music video, which should be coming out this week. A proper, proper music video with people, real-life people oh. in it. Any hints as to what it's to do with? <sighs> it's to do with the decline of rock music in popular culture. Ooh. Yes. Look yes. at you making commentary on things happening in the world. It's, it's, it's nice. a comment on the decline of rock music through the medium of rock music. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, had a good weekend watching the World Cup final, hanging out with friends, drank for two days solid and just recovered from the hangover yesterday. <laughs> Nice. Is yeah. that it then? Is that it for the football? Because I, I, yes, it's I never done. really the football kept worry, finished. Finished. Yeah. It's I didn't finished. catch much up with it in England, and now that I'm in the US, even though a lot of people do follow it here, um, usually the one one time uh, in their lives that they do care about the soccer. It's um, the same with us, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I I didn't follow it at all this time round. Um, Gav, you were basically my cultural touchstone. <laughs> I, the world Cup I, stuff. Wow, that's a low, yeah. low standard. <laughs> my, my, my awareness of the football this year was England got to the penultimate match before they lost, and while people expected English fans to be like, we're all so angry, from what I saw at least, a lot of them were like, you know what? We did pretty well. We don't normally get this far. Like, yeah, yeah, go us. We did the- all right. There was a much nicer response to the English team this year yeah. than there have been in previous ones, for sure. It, the media was, is usually very nasty to them. Yeah, but. it was nice to see like the English team not win and for England fans to still go, you know what, yeah, yeah, you did well, team. You did well, good. Welcome to, being, welcome to the world of being an Irish sports fan. <laughs> 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 like, we got to the last 16 in the World Cup, like... 
1990 and it's still voted as our number one sporting moment of all time <laughs> the thing is though is ireland always has eurovision so yes. like salve any well, wounds we, from that we, we've been we've won that the most times of any other country joint with i think it's sweden or norway maybe but we're, all our entries have been really really bad in the last decade or so well, that, really that's, that's really the point bad of I think that's why no, but, like, but, Ireland but, was cheating beforehand by submitting good songs. Actual good songs, yeah. Yeah, now that they're actually following the rules, it's a little bit tougher. Yeah. See, this is why I've for years said, like, uh, that argument comes up every year about, oh, should America be allowed in Eurovision? And it's nothing to do with their geography. It's I don't think that America would get the whole idea that their songs are meant to be bad. I think America well, and Eurovision think, would try way too I hard. I don't think Eurovision songs are necessarily meant to be bad, but they are meant to be cheesy. Because cheesy can yeah. cheesy can be good. But I think our our decline coincided with the rise of uh, pop idol culture, because yeah. Ireland now sends these like young little pop idol type uh, people to it instead of sending yeah. what we used to, which had a lot of basis in Irish kind of Celtic roots and stuff. Which, I, is, I, which, I, which you see a lot of countries do now. You see these yeah. like Eastern European countries and they'll they'll include some uh you know of their own traditional music's feel in their pop music, which I think is what makes yeah. Eurovision really fun I, to watch. Yeah. I try and I try and think about the Eurovision songs that like are memorable to me and there's like there's the year that we had like the, the crazy death metal Vikings. They were pretty cool. Lordy. There was one year yeah, Lordy. Yeah. There was yeah, a that year was where there was the some... year Lordy won. I remember that year. Yeah, there was a year where some people came on dressed like Power Rangers. That was pretty rad. There was a year where some some old lady in like a very big skirt on a hit on a hill was like blowing a jug. That was that was pretty great. The ultimate uh, Eurovision moment for all of us over here is right. The year we won it with the Voice, which by the way, look that up is a really cool song. And then after that, we hosted it. And the time we hosted it, the the midway show was the first ever appearance of Riverdance. And this was back now, like you can imagine no one had ever seen this before, mixing like Irish dancing with American style stuff and like yeah. it fucking blew everyone's minds. And sometimes like Irish people will still after a few beers look up that video on YouTube and like get all patriotic <laughs> and teary eyed. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, vision. So, should we talk about some games things? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah let's, let's I mean, treat ourselves. I mean, 14 minutes now with no video games. Oh, dear. Oh, That's yeah. all right. Especially Who... considering last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I'll do my best to get you onto the video games. So, which of you's got a video game you played this week you want to talk about? I'll let Jim, Jim, you go first on this. Cause... All right. Well, we'll get cracking on with Octopath, then. That's the main one, isn't it? That's the big yeah. one. That's, that's the pretty one. right, isn't it? That's a real video game right there. That's a that's a Japanese RPG, a proper one. It's fucking good. It is really a very fucking good. It is if you're looking for just like a good a, a good JRPG that just feels reminiscent of old JRPGs with without like relying on the things that kind of made those bad. It's like it it Octopath knows where to improve things and change them. And still feels like a classic JRPG. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's unapologetic good. in its inspiration. Like, it, it mm. really is, you know, we got our random battles, we got our turn-based fights, we got job system in there, why not? Um, we got fucking great soundtrack, because this remembers that JRPGs used to have fucking great soundtracks. This is really good. It has got some flaws. Um, 
random battles are always really tense at the right times and just god awful at the worst times. Um, mm. There are times where you just want want to get shot of it, but it's worth it for what that game is. Um, I mean, but again, how... I got to say the soundtrack. So I have a very good. important question. Yeah. Is there an easy mode in it? Because that's crucial for me for turn-based games because I can't stand turn-based combat and I like to just plow through it. Uh, I don't remember getting given the option at the start. I guess I'd have okay. to double-check the menus to, to see. Yeah, um, I don't remember It can be tricky. One. There are mm. some boss fights that, you know, could, I mean, they're lengthy as well. Mm. Um, and the battles, you've really got to work on this, the break system where these different attack styles, like different weapons, different spells and things, certain enemies are weak to, and they've got a little shield with a number on it, and if you hit them enough times with the thing they're weak to, the shield breaks and they start taking a lot more damage. Mm. And it becomes evident quickly, you can't ignore that system. So you've got to be aware of and find out what's weak to what, build a good party that can cover bases. Um, once you start unlocking secondary jobs so characters can have the skills of other characters, it becomes very, very enjoyable to mm. me to, to oh, tinker with that and open just, up my tactical options. Just looking up here, there is no uh, difficulty options. There are no difficulty well, options, rather. There we go. Yeah, that's um, ki- I, it's it not kind so of sucks bad because, like, I've never... I've never started a turn-based game on normal and finished it on normal. I've always had to drop the difficulty right. because I find the combat so goddamn boring. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on for hours. I mean, yeah, it goes on, like I say, some of the bosses in this one, um, they take a while. They will take a while if you're level appropriate. Um, and, you know, the only way to combat that is to level up which is just more turn-based battles so that's not going to help anyone who doesn't like them to begin with yeah yeah. um i do i'm very fond of of the turn-based battling here you know i like turn-based battle i like active time battle systems um and this you know it's just a straightforward turn-based but the tactical edge with the breaking and the different vulnerabilities and and everything uh is just it's what i've been waiting for for a while on this on this scale um Am I right? And in, am I right in thinking from the screenshots I've seen, Jim? This is a very atmospheric game. It looks really pretty. Yeah, it's it's got it's got a, it feels like a pop up book, but with like sixteen bit style characters and backdrops, um, and they do a really good job of putting in just the right amount of modern special effects to make the whole thing slightly like it's slightly ethereal. There's something a little bit not quite real to it. But it works in this game's favour because it is, you know, it's eight characters with eight very distinct stories um, that the other ones just sort of tag along for, which I would have liked it if it was a bit more complex, if some of the stories wove together more and the characters had more interactions. Uh, In this, it's like you go to a town where one character's story is and the only real interaction between the party is after cutscenes, you can press an optional button to hear two of the characters just talk about what's going on. Um, but I can also appreciate it would have been mega complex to try and weave them better than that. Yeah. How have you been playing it, Jim? Have you been doing, like, I'll do one mission for one character, the first mission for the next, the first mission for the next, etc.? Or have you been picking a character, playing through their story a good chunk, and then moving on to another character? 
I'm finding that the, the level requirements for each story really encourages you to not just try and go through one character's entire yeah. arc. Um, I've not felt encouraged to do that, and I've not done that uh, right now. I went through uh, all eight characters to begin with and picked up all eight characters. Then I'm kind of focusing in on four of them right now. My party is Primrose, uh, Tressa, Olberic, and uh, Cyrus. And I'm focusing now predominantly on those four stories. But at the same time, I feel like I'm still going to... Because the game is at least decent enough to where if you've got three leveled enough characters, they can carry the fourth. And you can Mm. use the fourth as just like a shield breaker, basically. Um, Just blow their, you know, special attacks and everything on just decreasing shields and their their battle points and everything. Yeah. so I may go through and just try and do all of the stories in turn, or I may just do the first, you know, my main four for now and see how that works out. Because um, right now I'm, you know, I'm not mega mega hours into it yet. Um, not being so well recently has cut the time I wanted to play. Fucking migraines, of course. Um, so I'm a little bit more behind than I'd like to be, but hopefully I can get some impressions out this week. But yeah, I'm really really liking it. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember now. I'm, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much of it you've been playing, Laura, or if you have been. I've I've started it. It's one of those like, I. It, it's really frustrating because I have had multiple days free where I could have dug into it, and I didn't because illness and like injury. So today is the first day that I've really stuck some time into it during my work day and. I'm really enjoying those first, like, those first three or four hours. Uh, I really want to just get lost in this for the next week or two. Like, this is going to be my big game for a bit. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's got that going for it. And again, perfect on the Switch, uh, because, oh, you know, yeah. sometimes I wanted to save up some money because the character skills with NPCs can give you some uh, really interesting stuff, like, like extra stuff to buy, like genuinely powerful weapons if you've got the gold for it mm. um and you've got the thief as well who can steal stuff um but yeah you know, I've, I've been, there have been times where i've wanted to save up some money which requires battling and just some grindy stuff but always it's always good to have that on a portable thing where you well, can just do yeah. it casually that's that's what i've been finding is i'll just pick it up for five minutes in between sorting a couple of emails or something and it's just very easy to very quickly turn on jump in and make a little bit of progress, pop it down without worrying about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Right, I'll be right but back well in, two, worth... in two seconds, sorry. Oh, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, well worth putting it on the TV or popping on some headphones for the actual story stuff. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Because the voice acting is really quite good. And the music, again, I think this is the third time I've mentioned it, but I'm just so happy to play a JRPG I've... with a soundtrack this memorable and yeah. impressive again. I, I, I was on a train this morning and I was playing it with headphones on and just like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Also, the battle theme changes per chapter. So Ooh. once you get into the areas where the chapter twos take place, the moment it started with a new sort of um, little bit of bass on it, I was like, wow, and it's so much better. The first one's good. The second one's really fucking good. Um, yeah. So the music just keeps getting better. Um and that, that art style is something else. Like the water effects are incredible. That um, that whole the the whole game just looks gorgeous. It really yeah. really does. Sorry, uh, about that. 
had a, that's all right. had a, a song idea pop into my head and had to go sing it into my phone so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that. cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I started yeah, the, thinking about another RPG while you were talking about that. Put it this way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, the the thing that like delayed me getting around to starting Octopath Traveler is I was trying to finish off a different lengthy game on the Switch that I've been plowing ahead with. I finished playing through Sushi Strikers. Oh, yes, that, that that sort was... of like fast paced puzzle gamey thing. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> like the the entire game's plot is basically just. Sushi is the solution to all problems. If we could just learn to appreciate sushi more, everyone would know how to love each other and be better people. That's basically written, the plot. Okay. And written it, by it, Tommy Wiseau. It's, okay, I was it's just re- thinking Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's if re- the world if loves everybody sushi... everybody could eat all eat sushi, everybody, the world would the be a world. much better, happier so place. <laughs> I, I acknowledge up front, it's ridiculous. I... It... it you know, there's sometimes stuff... Actually, The Room's not a bad comparison to make here. You know when something is a bit ridiculous and you describe it on paper and it just sounds not good, plot-wise? Yeah. But yeah, when you, you don't experience... know how you're going to sell yeah. this to someone. But, but when you actually experience it, it's like, clearly whoever made this made it with so much love and like genuine passion for this ridiculous story that I can't help but smile at it. That's kind of how I feel about Sushi Strikers. Like, it's plot is ridiculous and and predictable and I didn't care because I just wanted to go on this journey of like yes yes you can get your family back through the magical power of sushi you'll use sushi to win them over I believe in you uh yeah what what I will say about that game difficulty uh scaled really nicely um there's an item early on that basically halves your health and gives you bonus XP. I used that from as soon as I got it, and it set the difficulty right where I wanted it to be. Um, without that, using that item, the difficulty was a little on the easy side for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very lengthy game, and the one criticism I have of it plot-wise is the plot is kind of the same thing a couple more times than it needs to be. Like right. I think there's 146 levels and I could have done with it being maybe 20 levels shorter. Like, the last... Couple... I thought you was going to say you could do with 20 levels. I was no, like, what no. kind of fucking filler is that? <laughs> no, like, the maybe the last 20 to 30, it was like, okay, I'm still mechanically enjoying this, but I'm kind of just playing this to see the ending now. Like, there was right. a, yeah, I, yeah. I knew I was within within striking distance of the ending. I just... I didn't think it necessarily needed... As much as was there. Now, the caveat to that is... I would say that if there were people playing this game online. This game has online multiplayer. I would have liked to be able to get to the ending quicker. And then just play online matches when I felt like it. No one is playing this game online. I have tried multiple times on different days. I cannot find a single person in matchmaking. Uh, That's Uh, always the killer. It's like the culling too. Yeah. So, like... While the game kind of is a bit longer than it needs to be story-wise, I'm ultimately glad for that because, like, because there's no one on multiplayer, it gave me a bit more of that game before it ran out, which is kind of, like, uh, I'll take that as a trade-off. Like, the game's pacing is not as good for it, but considering there's no one on the multiplayer, I was glad to have the content. It's a good reminder that, you know... 
developer studio really should be more in tune with the likelihood of their game having a multiplayer well, base. You say that this this is a Nintendo exclusive that like got pretty heavy marketing from Nintendo. Like I I would have thought it would have had at least someone online. Well, I mean, the the driving point is is that it was good they had a single, like a big meaty single player. Yeah. Um, because again, to compare it to the Culling Two, that ain't got that. That yeah. game is just unplayable, and it's it. You really need to think to yourself, like, is this going to have a sustainable player base before I make this a multiplayer yeah. only game? Mm. Um, and I'm glad that the the sushi game. Um, what, what's it called yeah. again? Uh, sushi Strikers. Sushi Strikers. There yeah. we go. That, that it, has a single player that teaches yeah. us that a true hero dreams of sushi. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 my main thoughts. Is it's a bit it's a bit silly and ludicrous, but it clearly feels like made with with heart. And I enjoyed playing it. I I very much enjoy puzzle based games about combat and food. Apparently, uh, finishing that off made me just go, want to go back and replay Battle Chef Brigade. <laughs> Ah, so that's why I kept getting confused with the other one's name because I kept wanting to say Battle Sushi, but Battle Chef Brigade is the other. Now that one happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what what about you, Gav? What you played this week? Uh, played a little further. It's been like almost a year now since I played the intro of Yakuza Zero and decided to give it another shot this week. And uh, it's a good good video game. I like it. Feels um a little bit constrictive, I think, mechanically compared to a lot of modern open games but i see why it is that way and it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah. it's silly personally and it's i like and... the way i like the way yakuza does it like they use yeah. the same map for a lot of their games but yeah. i've never gotten bored in it yeah. never gotten bored in it there's so much nonsense going on <laughs> yeah i'd there's... rather have that than you know hundred thousand square miles of just some copy pasted enemy bases you know um, yeah, when I say restrictive, I don't mean space-wise. I mean the amount of invisible walls and stuff like that. Right, that's and, fair, yeah. That's... And also how uh, many kind of unskippable cutscenes there are and things like that feels mm-hmm. very... Uh, at, at times it can get a little bit tiresome. But uh, no, overall it's very fun, goofy, <laughs> silly game. And the story's kind of interesting. Lots of plot twists and things. And the, yeah. the characters are hilarious at times, so... Yeah, it's good. I like it. But um, good. Uh, impressive how many buildings you can go into. I think only the only game I can think of mm. with that level of detail in its uh, area is Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. I've uh, been meaning to replay that. It's, I, it's so good. high time I replay Mankind yeah. Divided. I've been replaying it recently as well, and it's really, really good. Oh, it's God, such I'm a fucking. That uh, it makes me so mad that they're putting that series on the, on the bench yeah mm. yeah, so, yeah um, sorry i don't i don't have anything really insightful to say about yakuza no no <laughs> just yakuza continues to be all right yeah it continues it's to good be for people to be reminded fun. yeah, yeah and it's coming out uh, on pc uh, next month so if you're thinking of giving it a try i would uh recommend it oh yeah. hell yeah. yeah uh jim you been playing anything else um yeah, yeah, I played some State of Decay 2. Finally Ooh. remembered it was out, and oh, it's yeah. been out for ages. How are you getting on with that? It's State of Decay. It, it is State of Decay. Is it? Um, is it um, jank-tastic? Yeah, it's State of Decay. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> is it literally in a State of Decay? It's the same game. It's the same game. Um, 
you know, I, I can't even point at any dramatic tweaks and improvements. It is janky as the last one. The characters move in the same weird, awkward way to where if you sprint, like you sprint with them, they're weirdly hard to control. The combat is still this stodgy button mashing, but not in a good hack and slash way, in just a let's just swing while our stamina goes down really quickly way. Is it still more drenched in orange than Donald Trump's makeup cabinet? Yes. It's still a weirdly coloured game. It's just this strange... um, It's hard to describe it. It's like some weird painting you'd see on your nan's wall. Just those... At least my nan's wall. I keep keep coming up with these observational witticisms that only apply to me, so it's not observational. (laughs) My nan had loads of paintings on the wall. You know, just dour ones of dogs or a boy drinking from a river. Um, And and they were all in browns and oranges. and, And it's that. Uh, it just doesn't look very good. I mean, the thing is, it's sunny, is I like it's, it's people call the the one in in Deus Ex the piss filter. Well, this is the sunny D filter. Yes, yeah. this is the sunny D filter. Um, or the, the on a game the, that is a bit more piss than Deus Ex is. Or the piss the piss after drinking too many vitamin C tablets filter. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's vitamin C piss the game. Um, so the thing is, is I like the first our title. state of decay. Yes, <laughs> I like the first State of Decay. I think I gave it like an 8 out of 10 or something. I thought it was a genuinely great experience. Janky, but I appreciated what it was doing and it was a little bit more different than your average zombie game, you know, with the, the plus, maintaining a headquarters and morale and all of that stuff. Plus it also came out at a time when we weren't all so kind of um, done with zombie games as well. Not yet, yeah. It, it was sort of at the breaking point, but this was sort of, you know what, this is different enough that I'm okay with it. The fact that they re-released State of Decay um, afterwards, years later, um, and it really didn't feel very improved at all. That already had made people a bit leery. So for this to come out, and it still still feels mechanically so identical to the last one, despite numerous glaring flaws that should have been fixed, I'm astounded. I'm astounded. I don't think it's a bad game. I'm still finding it enjoyable enough, but I couldn't justify recommending it to anyone for anything more than a deep discount, you know, in some far-flung future. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed. Like, I'm, I'm still... It's playable enough, but I'm, I'm disappointed. Um, but Jim, 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 they added a day and night cycle, though. Uh, that's just annoying. That's just annoying. Because it's so fucking dark. It's like, oh god, I'm going to have to fiddle with the settings when it's night time because it's just stupid dark. Funny, um, recently, um, Far Cry 5 being the game that really brought this to mind is if you're doing day-night cycles in games, which is most, please give us a rest option to skip the night time. Because mm. I like pretty games and they usually look much prettier during the daytime unless it's a game set in a city. Unless it's state of decay. Yeah. <laughs> where it benefits from you not seeing the surroundings Ooh, the textures man. as well and the physics oh my god just zombies routinely getting trapped inside cars or cars getting routinely trapped ne- like near some rocks um, the physics are just out of this world um, quite literally I think it's set on an alien planet um, I'm just I'm very disappointed very disappointed oh that's a shame state yeah. of decay State of Decay. Uh, I don't think what what else I played this week. I played I played a bunch more Fortnite. I've I've started playing season five. Oh yeah, I've been playing some season five. Um, Yeah, talking to games that look pretty. uh, 
I've been playing it on the Switch on the little screen, but I was playing yeah. some uh, Oddspath Traveler on the big TV, you know, the, mm. the 4K daily. And since I already had the Switch in and, and was taking a bit of a break from more Octopath, I was like, I'll have a, a round or two of Fortnite. The new area in season five, the oh, the canyony desert yes. area. My God, on on my TV, that looks so good. And that's just on the Switch. Um, the color. This is what I keep telling people. This is why I keep saying that Viva Pinata was the best-looking game last gen. It wasn't about the sheer technical power of the graphics. It was about the color scheme and making the most out of high definition, where contrasting colors, often garish colors, um, clashing ones sometimes, can look really good because high definition makes that even more defined by its very nature. Um, so it stands out so much more. And I'm not saying every game like that has to be bright and cheerful and colourful. I just think it was a shame that so many went dark mm. and moody and grey, which can still look gorgeous in the right ways. But god damn, HD works so much better when it's something like Fortnite. And and and, and at the, uh, to a similar extent, even something like God of War, some of the areas you go into later in God of War are very mm. colourful. Yes, yes. The more vibrant and, and you know, Killzone as black and dark and dismal and grey as that game is. In the third one, they were like, we need some colour. And those colourful jungle levels were, they, were they cool, stood yeah. out. Looked really yeah. nice. Colourful um, designs are great. Yeah. But yeah, I, like you look that, at that, Fortnite, which is not technically on the level of a God of War or anything like that. Mm. And yet I was blown away just because of how nice those colours were. That's one thing, actually, as wary as I am about how much I'm going to enjoy Fallout 76, the idea of exploring that lush, colourful Bethesda uh, world is very appealing to me. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. 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 I've, I, I picked up the uh, the Battle Pass this time around for Season 5, and I've been having a lot of fun, you know, working through earning stuff. Like I. So for those of us not in the know, which probably includes some of the audience... yeah. First of all, what is a battle pass? And B, what is V-Bucks? Okay, so V-Bucks is the virtual currency in Fortnite yeah, if you want to buy... Just Monopoly money. If, if, and can yeah, you if, buy it with yeah. real money? Yes. Yeah. So you basically, it's... The, the game is completely free to play. If you want cosmetic stuff, you can either buy some things directly with their, their Monopoly money, or you can pay for something called the battle pass, which is basically for six weeks or so when the season's running... Every time you play, you earn experience and you'll okay. unlock rewards throughout the and, month. And uh, can you earn weapons through this or is it just cosmetic stuff? It's only cosmetic stuff. So it's either your character looks a bit different, their pickaxe might look a bit different, or the glider they fly down to the ground with might look different. I think you can maybe get different emotes as well, so you can like do a different dance you do different when you're emotes. doing your emotes. I never, I've never seen the point in playing for those, especially in Fortnite. When are you going to no, have a chance no. to do them? In the um, few when you, seconds when, when you, you're in the lobby. When you score a goal in the World Cup final. Did you hear about that? Oh, yes, they, they did a dance that was a Fortnite <laughs> yeah. dance it or was, something. It was, it was happening through the whole tournament. There were players doing Fortnite emotes whenever they would score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, it's crazy to think just how huge that, that game yeah. is. So, for, for me, like the reason I picked up the Battle Pass this, this time around was during that first like month, maybe six weeks that Fortnite was out before Season 5 started, I definitely got my money's worth out of it. Like I played a lot of that game and was like, you know what? 
Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this, and I continue. I intend to keep playing. There's no doubt that their yeah. battle pass is the best value, especially yeah. since you can earn V Bucks back through playing it. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah. My my worry is the abuse that's going to happen when other companies decide to chomp oh. on this flavor, like oh, we've gosh, seen. Yeah. PUBG's is embarrassing, um, but, just yeah, utterly dreadful. I... Paladins is they've got a season pass for a battle pass now. I'm like, that's that's got EA's eyes watering with glee i'm sure um i'm worried about what will happen to that concept but fortnite yeah. is doing it well enough it's yeah like and i, I spent, do like I, sorry yeah i was just gonna say like i think i spent maybe six quid to be like yeah i'll i'll chuck this game some money yeah. i unlocked two new outfits at the, at the time that i bought it uh today from it i unlocked a pickaxe variant that looks like it's made out of modeling balloons and that looks quite fun Mm-hmm. This is just silly fun. Yeah, I like how the seasons change the map up as well. Oh so it's gosh, always evolving. Because yeah. I know some people like complain that it's only got one map, and, like more maps, more maps. I don't feel it needs and needs more oh. maps. I think this map is varied and large enough, and the fact they alter it uh, season by season, um, I feel like the effect of that would be reduced if it was done over multiple maps. Yeah. But one world that everyone's existing in being affected like that. Well, it's, um, it's, you know, the crack in the sky, then the yeah. bits of the world changing. Like, I think that's better than, you know, PUBG throwing out a handful of static maps. Yeah. Uh, that an, don't really enough, do anything. Enough stays static, but enough changes that, like, there are new things to see, but you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I think the phrase yeah. is. But like, and I, I'd much yeah. rather have that than, you know, lots of maps. Yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun this month with, like, they changed up the Dusty Divot, which was that big crater, and now it's full of trees and things, and mm. there's all uh, shield mushrooms growing around the edges of it. So that's been my, my recent place this month to, like, drop into matches, is drop in under the tree line, try and get a bunch of the gold chests that spawn around there, if I can survive doing that, I'll pick up all the, the shield mushrooms to fill my, my shield up. That's good. I've, I found a place I like landing that was different during last season. I see everyone else ignore the shield mushrooms. I love picking them up and squishing them. Yeah. Laura. Yes. What, what was the deal with the big crack in the sky? What was that about? So basically it was some kind of rift in time and space. And what they did when the new season started was replaced a bunch of bits of the world map with play- with items that are from different places and different times that shouldn't match up with each other. So it's like, ah, here's some samurai things and some Nordic things and some, some Viking things. And it was just their excuse to drop a bunch of stuff that shouldn't be in the same place at the same time into one map. Well, that sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was it's... good. I I really like how the the map evolves. Yeah. It, and they're it... little drivey cars now as well. Oh yeah, that 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 sort of go kart that you can get is quite fun. Yeah, it's like a big, uh, almost like a golf cart, I guess. And you can find them, and I see people driving them all over the shop now. Me and they're you need fun. to pl- we, me and you need to play a game at some point, Jim. Yeah, we do, we do. I'm terrible at, at like playing <laughs> with people. Uh, because I always just feel aw- like socially awkward, but uh, yeah, that's that's um, fair. Actually, I I, I am exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, I I need actually, to find. No, you don't need a mic on Switch, do you? Uh, for Fortnite, you in the... do you? Uh, for, yeah, for Fortnite, you can just plug a, a headset straight into the Switch and do voice chat. Oh, okay, so you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there is a mic built into the system itself. 
I always forget whether there is or not. I forget which gimmicks are in which Nintendo systems. <laughs> I'm bummed that there isn't a, a like mic on the controllers anymore because that's one of my favourite gimmicks, and I love it when uh, like radio or telephone calls come through. Like when I played No More Heroes, oh. the first time I got a phone call and I had to hold the Wiimote up to my ear, I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." Yeah, that that was a good thing when that happened. I'm, a, I'm an easy that. mark for simple gimmicks. I don't like an over gimmick thing. Like, you know, a PS Vita game where so much is on the touchscreen and the buttons, you're like, I've got to move my hand off the controls <laughs> to do this fucking shit. But mm. something simple, oh, I just moved my thumb from the button to a bit of a screen where the grenade button is to throw grenades. Brilliant. Simple. Yeah. Brilliant. And I like the when the colour of the bar on the PS4 controller changes colour for a different thing. Easy, but I love it. Doesn't really change the game, but it's brilliant. And also the fact yeah. that the PS4 controller still does have a microphone in it so they can, you know, radio chatter and stuff can come through it. It really doesn't, it's not mind-blowingly different, but it's just different and unique enough that I'm always a mark for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying Fortnite. I'm, I'm going to keep playing it. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm probably yeah, going to keep been... playing it, like, at least until Warframe comes to Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, same here. I've been dipping in, uh, not been forgetting it for too long. Um, I'm not in every single day religiously, but at least a couple times a week I'm popping in and having a quick game or two. Uh, yeah, holds up. And it is, at last, one of these big mainstream game things that I actually play and get a bit. Yeah, same. So, like I, yeah. I've, I've been tempted to go on Twitch and be like, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll stream myself playing Fortnite." I feel and... like a cultural Benjamin <laughs> Button at this point. The older I... I've gotten, the more in tune I'm getting. Oh, goodness. The, to- the closest I've gotten to Fortnite is doing one line in Dan Bull's rap song, where he got a hundred YouTubers <laughs> to, to to rap on the song. <laughs> Which, by the way, broke the algorithm. Congrats, Dan! Finally. <laughs> He, uh, he nice managed one. to find out a way to uh, beat the algorithm, at least for one song. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Wish I knew. Wish I knew how to do it all the time. I wish I knew, man. My Subnautica song got very bad first week views. Ah, Fucking YouTube. Yeah. It's all been shit. We've complained. This is the third time, third week we've complained about it, but uh, it is still a pain in the ass. So we won't go on about it this yeah. week. No, it is. we won't. YouTube's still a pain uh, in the ass. So yeah, we had a couple of bits of uh, news this week uh, worth bringing up. I think the big one this week. Hey, you know that busted AI in Col- Aliens Colonial Marines? Mm. Apparently, someone misspelled a word in the in the code by one letter, and that's 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 why the aliens don't know where to yeah, go. Yeah, it's in the it's in the .ini files. In the in the files, there is a. I believe I'm just going from memory. I believe it's supposed to say tether. And it says yes. Teether. There was a rogue A in there. Rogue letter. Um, and the thing is, is I've seen arguments that, of course, you know, Gearbox are incompetent and everything. Um, how did they l- let this fuck up happen? I've seen the arguments on the flip side from some other developers as well who are like, it's one of the easiest, most common mistakes you can make, um, especially with so much code and so many files. Um, finding a letter uh, can be tricky. I mean, what are you going to do? Like... Sp- do a spell check on everything. So what um, e- what exactly happens if you change this letter then? Do so the aliens get better the aliens at finding you? Or? Basically yeah, they're the, more aggressive. Yeah, basically the aliens, d- it, it gets them to properly patrol the area they're meant to be in. Like the word tether seems pretty accurate because it's 
it's to do with getting them to stay in a certain area that they're meant to be patrolling rather than just AI wandering off to wherever the fuck they want to go. Here's the thing, though. Like, because I want to... You know me, I'm not going to go to bat for Gearbox. I do understand the argument that, you know, this is potentially an honest mistake, at which point I, yeah. I, I have said it's about the only honest thing in that game. So, well, well done then. an honest mistake. So, the, oh, here's the thing. I used to really like the, that song. Yeah. The, the, the bravery, the, bravery the, in it. Bravery, the, yeah. That was it. Sorry, Laura. Yeah. Sorry, Laura. Uh, it's all right. The, the <laughs> issue with this... Is there trying to, trying the, to get the, a word in. <laughs> the issue with this tether thing to me is not that the bug is in there in the first place. Like, you know, mistakes happen. Games are made by people. People make mistakes. It's fine. What amazes me is that it has taken this long to be found. Well, this because is it. It's another reason why I was what, what hesitant to... to have a go at Gearbox, because if it took <laughs> us all five years to do it, and a lot of people who in the modding oh. scene are normally way quicker than the developers if, themselves. Well, here's the thing. If you're the one who made that game, surely you would think, and I'm saying this obviously from the outside as someone who's never made a AAA game, you would think they'd look at these aliens not behaving how they're supposed to and go... Oh, they're not tethering to the location properly. Well, this is where we come. Yeah, this is yeah. where we go to the deeper issue, which is there's so much other thing, so much other stuff wrong with this game. And you're right, like they did still release it with shitty AI, and that yeah. is on them 100. percent You can say the mistakes honest or not, but you're you're absolutely right. They had to know. We all knew it when we played it yeah. that the they, aliens were were stupid. Basically, and shit. right. Basically, it was a mistake in the code, and what the code meant to say was that the aliens wouldn't tether to the wrong area. Ah, but like, like that's that's the question. Is like, if you made this game, surely you have to know that's not behaving how it is supposed to. Well, I mean, how much of it did Gearbox make? We never found out how much was them and how yeah. much was TimeGate Studios. So it's it's uh, like, is this your code? Even is this your file? Um, I, I, you know, we don't. Yeah, I, th I think the other important thing to note about this is, even with this letter changed, it's still not a good game. Yes, I, it... I did. I did want to point out. I've, I yeah. played this uh, ages ago, actually, uh, before this news took up, because modders, of course, made changes long before this. Uh, I've played the game with a mod that gives the AI everything it needed, um, and the game is still garbage. It's still garbage. It's still clearly unfinished. There are like placeholder things in there that, that were always there. It was a significant downgrade from what they showed us. Uh, the gameplay, like the level design is still just uninspired. The shooting is insipid. The aliens, even with the AI, are still just rubbish. <laughs> they it, still don't feel yeah. like you're fighting Xenomorphs. It, uh, the whole game is still crap. The, the game is undeniably improved by fixing that letter but that that is not like oh this is the one letter that turns it from no it's terrible it's into a good a game turd. yeah it, it is a bad game made better but still bad uh, one second i'll be right back it's like putting a day night cycle into uh state of decay it's like yeah you could say that's better They've added a thing, but it's still, you know, in a disappointment. Uh, I won't compare State of Decay too much to Aliens Colonial Marines. That's just not fair for almost any game. Um, but yeah, I the AI can improve all they, all they want it to. 
there is still so much more wrong with that game that uh I just uh, remember my buddy getting hold of it and he was so excited despite the fact we'd all been telling him temper your expectations <laughs> there's a lot of talk that this isn't going to be great man and he was so angry i got a phone call i was like fuck this fucking game <laughs> <laughs> i still remember playing through it the first time um it was not long before release uh when when people got review copies and and i was playing it on my computer and I was in denial for the first few levels. Just like, it's going to get better than this. This is a little... I mean, it's a little bit not good. And I'm a little bit worried about that. But, but like, yeah, maybe I'm just imagining it. I'm sure that, it'll be good. That describes my experience with uh, No Man's Sky. Which, by the way, is probably a game we should bring up. This, yeah, before, yeah. Before we finish. This, oh, this, yeah. this week it's getting a big old update that's having a bunch, basically adding a bunch of the features that we were told it was going to have at launch, like multiplayer. Yeah. A, a lot of those features that were promised and then just quietly weren't there when it came out are being added this week. Good How on many it. years later? On. Three years later? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be about three years. Shadow two. of War! Shadow of War had an update as well recently. Yeah. They took the marketplace <laughs> out. They've uh, changed the Shadow Wars to an epilogue and made that uh, a lot less of a hassle. But oh, again, really? I've so you can, can can you now finish the story mode without all the um, the grinding and stuff? Because I might go back to that and and have another go. They've um, basically when you get orcs now, they go to a garrison and you can spend the Mirian to uh, upgrade them and stuff. Um, They've, they've raised the level cap. They've made the, the epilogue is the one that was really grindy, and they've changed that. Um, lots of improvements, like a huge, huge bucket of patch notes. Um, that, to me was, um, that to me was a game now that fits my definition of disappointing because they did so much well in it that mm. I really wanted to enjoy it. But then there were well, so I many mean, little just, things that made that difficult. They undermined everything in favour of the, the microtransactions, the loot boxes, all that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've talked at length before about the changes they made to the Nemesis system and how they undermined it. And they admitted they did. Um, you know, months down the line, they finally admitted that the marketplace might be undermining the Nemesis system. Uh, to which my response was, you think? I mean, it's what you designed it to do, because that's what microtransactions are designed to do. Um, So, yeah, they finally fixed all that. The game, by rights now, should be much better, but mm, I'm playing Octopath now. Eh, Too late. Too too late. It's my feeling about No Man's Sky, is it might be a better game now, but I gave it a shot once already. There's new games out now to try instead. Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't say it's too little. They, They... Clearly, significant updates to No Man's Sky. Um, yeah, but huge also, updates, like, but I'm, too late. I'm not going to necessarily praise them for those big updates because Mm-mm. most of them are things that they said were in the game and then didn't announce weren't going to be in the game and then they released the game. Yeah, they talked bullshit about that game. Um, you know, people <sighs> still argue. Trixie Warner Brothers. That just disarms me. You know when you worry that you're getting talked over sometimes, Gav? Uh, I say you worry that you're... That, that sounded gaslighty. You are talked over too much, Gav. It's not in your head. You are. That's how you stop it. If you just <laughs> whack a golem at me, I'm going to stop in my tracks. I can't even remember what I was talking about. Was it No Man's Sky? Stupid Warner Brothers. We hate them, we Hate them, I, I think it was No Man's Sky. Yeah. No Man's Sky. Um... Yeah, they're putting a new name now, isn't it? No Man's Sky something. Uh, um, next, next, oh, next is the name of the update. 
Yeah, okay. Next. That's a, yeah, next. Um, and hey, no yeah, hats next. off to them for finally doing what they said they were going to do. But you're right. They, you know, people still argue whether or not they lied. But if not lies, they said things that were not true. I don't know if it meant they still intended to do it at the time. They, but what they, they meant to say was, what the they meant to say was, they don't see why it wouldn't have all these features. Yeah. yeah. They, like, they, I've compiled yeah. a list. I, I did a montage of things that, the, what's it, that Sean Murray guy had said yeah. um, that weren't true. And it was, let's just it's, say, I, I, I had to work that day making that montage. It's the, the curse of Guildford game developers. It's the Peter Molyneux and Sean Murray <laughs> problem. It's talking about features that I'm sure you fully intend to put in your game without having yet made sure that they definitely will work out, realising they're not going to work, and then trying to just hope that no one will notice when you don't put them in. I watched yeah. an interview with Todd Howard recently, and he stated that as one of the reasons why they don't talk about their games until they're nearly finished. Yeah, and he it's, said it's we know. He, he said we know fans find it very frustrating that we go years without talking about our upcoming games, but we don't want to reveal things that might not end up in the game. And yeah, and I stuff. think that's fair. Yeah, it, it's honestly the best way around to go. I think just don't don't talk about a feature until you know it's doable. Like you, you see it a lot with early access games. Developers will. It's not even that the the features don't work. Sometimes it's just that they start making a feature and then go you know what, in practice, this really isn't actually that fun. And yeah. then it's like, oh, how do we explain that we made the feature, but we're not going to give it to you? Like, But even then, like a lot of developers can still make up for that by being open and frank about it and not just releasing the game without telling us the things they said were going to be in it aren't in it. Um, if, you, if you're clear and communicative, then it's not so much an issue it still can be some people can still be pissed off but you know in general people can be understanding yeah. um again in general uh, <laughs> a lot of people aren't but if if you're honest and open with the people buying the games then history has think, out that it hasn't been too much of an issue i think it's but, it's relative with the quantity of things that get changed as well because the difference between the no man's that, sky yeah. trailers and games was was absolutely vast it wasn't like yeah. one or two features got dropped. It was a completely different game. Well, people yeah. have compared um, No Man's Sky and even Aliens Colonial Marines to something like Bioshock Infinite, where trailers showed content, like mm. whole content, um, cutscenes and, and fully voiced stuff that didn't make it to the final game, like that bit where she's trying to bring an horse back. Mm. But the final game was still beloved enough um, mm. history has not looked on it too kindly but at the time and I still really like it um, it was still a good enough game yeah. that people didn't mind so much it was only afterwards when some people were trying to go to bat for Colonial Marines and, and No Man's Sky and stuff like that that they then pointed to it but it was a retroactive yeah. pointing I, yeah um, I, I thought I, I think that game got an unfair bash in, in looking back I, I do understand some people's concerns with the political themes in it and I empathise with that but uh I thought I still thought it was a fantastic game, and that ending was crazy good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked. Uh, I thought the ending was good. Some people have, have shout on that as well, but you know, I really like Bioshock Infinite, and and I know some people have. Like, well, sorry, Jim. I was just gonna say, like with every Bioshock game, the combat could get a little bit tiresome towards the end. Yeah. But you know, I thought it did loads, yeah. loads really well. You you yeah. know what and... doesn't get tiresome but, uh, uh, around the end? What? Our show. 
Oh. <laughs> that was me trying to do a segue. I don't know if it worked. I apologize oh, yeah, if I interjected a bit there. We are in the wrap-up phase. Um, <laughs> I had nothing more much to say. Um, I, you know, I was just going to reiterate what I was saying about certain games being able yeah. to uh, get away with not not you know having certain features. But that that's that. That's all that. Um, yeah, No Man's Sky. Uh, good deal for the people still playing it. You know, yeah. I'm sure people are. I'm, on, I'm not being super sarcastic there. I'm sure there are people playing it. Still. And may, maybe They're very some excited people about will, this. Good for them. Maybe some people will go back to it because it is a free update, and if it's worth playing, then you know, yeah, all, yeah. Fa- then fair play. You know, maybe it, I won't. it's good now. But I won't. I'm not interested at all. But mm. you're right. Yeah, this this could bring some people. It's the same with Shadow of War. It's like I'm sure some people will go back to that too. It's just for um, me if the core of the game is still pointing a gun at a rock for fucking forty seconds, <laughs> I'm not in. <laughs> That's it. I think as well is um, all these new features are nice, but the core of that game wore so thin for me so quick mm. that. I'm not interested enough to see what's different. Um, I don't think, and that's just me, you know. It's rare I've had such a "what am I doing with my life" moment. The moment I was point, <laughs> I had literally been pointing a gun at this one rock for like forty to forty-five seconds. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing with my life?" <laughs> yeah, I was over that game before mm. I got off the first fucking planet, and anything I saw beyond there did nothing to dissuade me from that course of thinking. Mm. Um, but hey. Again, good good deal for those who are still playing it and, and are looking forward to this at last. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. Um, I guess this is the time to to get to the end and get things wrapped up. So, Laura, how can people find out more of your stuff? Me, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter and YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday nine to five at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on Dice Funk, which is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, I'm on seasons three and four. They're all self-contained stories. You can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, a show I do with Jane Magnet where we do silly voices and talk about our weeks. You can find me at Trans Pride Bar- uh, Brighton this weekend. So if you're at Trans Pride in Brighton, come say hi. I've got a book coming out the end of the year. I was on an episode of Trends Like These this week, uh, which is one of their McElroy family of podcasts. I think that's the things I'm on. Excellent. And Gavin, musician, uh, Smeagol impersonator. Uh, where can people find out more of your stuff? I should do Smeagol's song, actually, as a as a throwback to the old days of Miracle of Sound. It might make people happy who complain that the new stuff isn't as good as the novelty songs. <laughs> mm. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under Miracle of Sound. You can find all my musics and you can find me on Twitter, although you can find me there a lot less these days, which is nice. Uh, Facebook and you can find me on Patreon at Miracle of Sound if you want to help support my work. Awesome. And uh, as for myself, you know where most of my stuff is. Um, I will give you uh, just a bit of Stardust news. If you are playing Pool Panic, it will be out by the time this is out. Uh, Be on the lookout for a tower with a purple ball on top. And if you uh, find a way to get there, you will encounter Stardust or Stirball, a uh, Pool Panic version of Stardust who is in the game. Um, I did record uh, voice lines for it. I say voices, it's noises and stuff. But... uh, uh, I don't know if, if that's in there. Hopefully it is. Um, I'm told there's a Dismal Jester's reference as well, myself and Jonathan Holmes and uh, Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, so that's exciting. And if you want some live Stardust action, uh, July 28th, if you can get to Jackson uh, at the Hideaway as per the norm, uh, there is... I don't know if it's a match. I was not aware of a match booking until um, 
uh, not for a while, um, but that I may be in actual competition uh, or I may be there for promo managerial purposes. Either way, always a good show. Uh, well worth coming down to check it out. And that'll do. Thank you for the listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast, supporting it, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, all greatly appreciated. Uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.